Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians 6.19. Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with, with a price. So glorify God in your body. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Um, I'm going to start off with a prayer because I always say this. I, I can use all the prayer I can get, especially when I'm up here filling in for Phil. Uh, Father God, we praise you and thank you for your promises and who you are to us. We praise you for all that you have done for us and all that you will do for us. We thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice for us. Thank you for teaching us new things about you. May this message be used to build us up and grow our faith, our relationship with you, and our knowledge in you. Amen. So today, I want to talk to you about wrestling with flesh and blood, but not in the way that you might think. Um, This discussion is about the authority in life that God has given all of us who believe in him. This is about what Jesus accomplished for us. And when we really understand the life, the, the light, the love of God that is in us, and what Jesus did for us, our lives will change. This topic comes from a blog post that I read, and it really impacted me, and I can't stop thinking about it. You know, when Phil asked me to fill in for him, and you know, Kathy and I are going to fill in for him while he's uh, gone for a couple weeks, I thought, you know, there's always this thing, and Kathy can relate, like, what are you going to talk about? I'd read this blog post, and it just really, I I felt like, okay, this is it. So I'm going to say, let's let's make this interactive. Let's walk through this together as a discernment process. I'm going to read to you the words that someone else wrote in this blog posting, and I'm going to add my thoughts and ideas. And your homework assignment, yeah, I'm giving you a homework assignment, is to see if it aligns with Scripture and whether or not that you agree with it. And remember, when we read anything that is not based on the Bible itself or not in the Bible itself, or we listen to preaching or teaching, we have to compare what we see and what we hear based on the Scripture and the Bible. We have to compare what the people say to the Word in the Bible. We have to be wise. I trust that you will compare what I say today with Scripture, because iron sharpens iron. So for the past year or so, I've been on a path of learning about healing and deliverance from things that oppress us, studying Scriptures in the Bible about deliverance and healing, listening to sermons and discussions on healing, and studying the ministries of Jesus, his disciples, and even modern-day preachers and disciples in their ministries for about the past 100 years. There are a couple very good books that I've read recently as well, and when I read and listen to these discussions, I weigh them against Scripture and then pray about them. And there are many good modern-day ministries that we could say that are probably a little bit aggressive, what we might think is aggressive in faith and belief and about what's written in Scripture. They are calling us believers to be bold in our faith and be more like Jesus, and be more like the disciples in the old or in the New Testament. So we must discern and pray, but not be afraid to be bold in our prayers and our beliefs, so long as they align with God's word in the Bible. 
So, back to the blog post that I mentioned. The author is anonymous. I don't know who wrote it, um, but it's very recent. It was not written by Paul or Peter 2,000 years ago. The author may or may not be a famous pastor or teacher. I have no idea. But that's what makes the discernment process that much more important for us to focus on. So follow along as I read it, and then I will put my thoughts and what I believe that God has told me afterwards, and I will read some parts of it twice to allow the words to, to sink in to you and that you can think about the points that the author was making. So the title of the blog post is, or was, Wrestling with Flesh and Blood. While many of us are familiar with the verse that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against demonic spirits, principalities, rulers of spiritual weakness in high places, and this is all from Ephesians 6.12, this post is going to address a different wrestling match that most of us are constantly facing in the natural realm. While the verse quoted above in Ephesians is talking about not wrestling with people who oppose us, but rather the demonic uh, forces influencing them, there is a very real wrestling match that each of us are undergoing, often on a daily basis, between our spirit and the carnal flesh that we live in, our bodies. And we even prayed this morning for some of these people dealing with cancer and depression and those sorts of things. This wrestling match isn't just for the predominance of the spirit over the body or the body over the spirit, but it is a war zone where sickness, disease, and infirmity attempt to take authority over and the dominion over each one of our natural bodies. While this war isn't necessarily fighting against the demonic realm directly, it is battling to undo what the demonic realm has done or is attempting to do to each of us physically. In 1 John 3, 8, it says, The reason the Son of God was made manifest was to undo the works of the devil. Many of us wrestle with physical issues daily, and while those issues may not have demonic forces directly attached to them, they are always the result of demonic activity. Jesus Christ came to not only undo what demonic realm has done when it came to sin, but also undo the effects of what sin has done to each of us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. In 3 John chapter 2, it says, Beloved, I wish the, above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. While we do not wrestle with the flesh and blood of other people, we do often wrestle with the physical issues in our own bodies, and part of that wrestling match comes from not possessing our bodies the way that we're told to. I'll reread that. It was important to me. While we do not wrestle with the flesh and blood of other people, we often do wrestle with physical issues in our own bodies, and part of that wrestling match comes from not possessing our own bodies the way that we're told to. In 1 Thessalonians 4.4, 4, it says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. The tent, or the body, that each of us lives in as a believer in Jesus Christ has become the temple or the house of the Holy Spirit. 
And therefore, it now comes underneath the jurisdiction or the authority of God, so that anything that is trespassing upon God's property is subject to the removal by the power of the Holy Spirit because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross. I'm going to reread that because I found that important to me. The tent or the body that each of us lives in as a believer in Jesus Christ has become the temple or the house of the Holy Spirit and it therefore now comes underneath the jurisdiction or the authority of God. So anything that's trespassing upon God's property is subject to the removal by the power of the Holy Spirit because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross. Real authority in the, th- in the realm of the Spirit is available to every believer so that they can not only prosper within their soul, but also that they can be in health. The Holy Spirit quickens those vessels from within the more that we connect with Him. And the presence of God begins to undo everything the enemy has done to each of us as we operate in the heavenly authority that Jesus Christ has provided for us. The problem that most of us have is that we consign ourselves to live underneath all the enemy's deceptions. And so we never take the real authority that Jesus Christ has provided for each of us and use it to remove the enemy's encroachments against us. That hit me hard, so I'm going to reread it. The problem that most of us have is that we consign ourselves to live underneath all the enemy's deceptions. And so we never take the real authority that Jesus Christ has provided for each of us and use it to remove the enemy's encroachments against us. The wrestling match between flesh and the spirit is real, but by using the authority that Jesus Christ has given us, we can not only see the enemy retreat from our souls, but watch him retreat from our physical bodies as well. In Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Don't tolerate the demonic encroachment upon your spirit, your soul, or your body today. Rebuke him by the authority of Jesus Christ and the powerful Holy Spirit who lives in you. And command your body to come into alignment and be healed in Jesus' name. You don't have to live under the thumb of the demonic side effects in your body anymore. Jesus Christ gave you the authority, so use it until all those demonic things are undone in your life completely. And then the blog post finished and says, do you know who you are? So I found that really powerful and challenging to me. Um, So I want to ask you the question of what do you think? And do you know who you are? And I asked that question of myself a lot over the past couple months. In 1 John 3 it says, How great is the love of the Father, has how great the love of the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. For many of us, that may be a new and powerful way to think about ourselves and our approach to things that come against us. For me, it definitely 
is. It's a, it's a new powerful thing that I'm learning about. Our bodies, are our bodies the tent and temple of the Holy Spirit? In 1 Corinthians 6.19, Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So here's a question. How did you feel when the author said, the problem that most of us have is that we consign ourselves to live underneath all the enemy's deceptions, and so we never take the real authority that Jesus Christ has provided for each of us and use it to remove the enemy's encroachments against us? Now, some of you may take the authority in Jesus, the authority of Jesus, and live boldly in it. I'm not yet quite where I need to be there. I've discovered, and I believe a lot of us probably feel that way, that we're not quite yet where we need to be there. And two scriptures um, really popped into my mind as I've been thinking about this. And the first was Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have com- commanded you. And then the second scripture was and uh, in Matthew 10.8, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So I'll share a personal testimony about myself. Um, I've lived all my life from a very young age, um, with a, a lot of major anxiety problems, um, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, depression, all those things. So I can relate to Dakota, what we prayed about earlier. Usually I can push it off enough to go to work and do whatever I need to do, but it has always been in, for me a losing wrestling match. And it has most definitely affected my body physically my entire life. And Kathy can share some things with you. I've, I've battled with weight problems and all kinds of anxiety problems and, and things like that. And, and these things, when they come against me, they feed even more anxiety and fear. It's been a real struggle for me lately, over the past six months especially again. And this is an embarrassing truth, but I'll share this as well. In my junior and senior years in high school, I would get so anxious each day that my throat would swell shut and I would, I would throw up a lot. And um, it happened every day, and every morning on the way to school, there I'd be on the side of the road with my car door open, and sometimes I didn't even make it to school. So the last junior and senior year in high school was pretty difficult for me. And um, my doctor had prescribed me anxiety medicine, and it didn't do anything. On the day of high school graduation, a day when all my friends were happy and celebrating, I took six of those anxiety pills to either get through it or to not. And and this all happened all through my early 20s. I had a serious fear and anxiety about becoming an adult and going out into the world. And as I get older, these symptoms change, but the anxiety is just as real, if not more so. So each new symptom that I experience is a new trial, a new valley to walk through, but the root condition is still there, at least for now. The enemy that we all face is trying to defeat me in my life. Some of you can probably relate with your own experience. Some of you have faced serious health concerns yourselves and with your loved ones. 
Some of you have faced your own serious mental and emotional wrestling matches, fear, anxiety, depression, negative thoughts about ourselves. Some of you have faced major relationship wrestling matches with family and friends. It is written in Scripture that we have a spiritual enemy and he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And that you can find in John 10.10. It is also written in Scripture that Jesus was sacrificed to give us authority in ourselves and in our family to overcome this enemy. That is in Luke 10.19. And that's a positive point. So what does that look like for us? And here's the age-old question, why do we still lose? When pastors and ministers talk about how we already have received our healing, what does that really mean? And why don't we feel that we have it? We have to really know and believe that the light and the love and the life of God is within us. We have to accept it and believe it. And that's what I'm working on. Here are three things that I believe we must do to receive healing and deliverance over our entire being. And if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write these down. Step one, we must receive the light and the love and life of God within us. That comes from John 8, 12. And the good news is, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's done. So step one's done for us if we do that. If you haven't, I encourage you to do it. Step two, we must know that we have the light and the love and the life, which is the authority of Jesus within us. We have to know that we have it. Romans 8, 11 says, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit which lives within you. Jesus' life and light flowed out of him because he had it in him, and we do too. And finally, step three, we must focus on and maintain the awareness and the belief in God's love, his light, and his life above all the troubles that come against us. We must truly, really put our focus on Jesus and cast our cares upon him. We cannot limit God to our Sunday church service. We cannot focus more on our medical reports than we do Jesus. And we cannot fear the anxiety more than we love the Lord, which I'm guilty of. I focus on my anxiety many times more than I focus on God. And if we want deliverance and healing, we need to focus our time and energy on Jesus. There was an old doctor who was a, a Christian elder in his church, and he said, the problem that we have with healing is that people know more about the disease than the cure. I also believe that we should ask God to show us our heart the way he sees it, the way that he sees it. We need him to remove the heart blockages. We need some stents. If you have a bunch of heart blockages, he will need to help you to remove those so that you can experience him fully. And most of us need some spiritual catheterization. We must realize that it is not us doing the work. We can't work hard enough to earn what God has already given us. But we do have to act in faith. And there's a big difference between working hard and acting in faith. And at one point, I believe God spoke to me specifically about our faith in him. And to me, this was powerful. So think about this. 
We all know that Peter denied Jesus three times and was not able to walk on the water by himself without Jesus' help due to his doubt. And Jesus was right there with him. Jesus was right there with him. And he still, he still denied him three times and he couldn't walk on the water. And to me, this is scriptural proof that our doubt keeps us from the faith necessary to carry out our authority won by Jesus. Even with Jesus right there, Peter still caved into doubt. And I do too. Now think about this. The difference for the disciples and their faith came when they saw Jesus come back after the resurrection. Also, when they received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Look at the difference in Peter and the others when they saw Jesus when they were with their own eyes, when he came back after being resurrected. And look at how Saul, also known as Paul, changed after his encounter with Jesus. So how do we have this faith, being that we have not seen Jesus appear with uh, to us before our own eyes? Answering that question is part of your homework assignment. We all have ideas to think about. Maybe you saw a miracle with your own eyes. Maybe it was because you received a gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was hearing about a miracle that happened for someone else. Or maybe you hit rock bottom in your life and you had nowhere else to turn. Maybe you don't have an answer yet. And that's okay. This is not a condemnation. This is us thinking and talking through where we are in our relationship with God. And I'm right here with you. There is not one definitive answer to every situation. Jesus delivered and healed each person in the Bible in an individual way. Then comes the question of, how often do we take our authority to rebuke and cast out the enemy from us? This is new territory for many of us. Do you go to war with the demons afflicting you? This is something to think about. I believe that Jesus, is in, Jesus and his disciples did that, and we should too. Ian Thornton recently said something awesome. I, I thought this was really neat. He said, and it hit me, it's, he said, the bear is already eating you. Don't worry about making it mad. In other words, the enemy has already caused your health problem. The enemy has already caused the argument you had. The enemy has already caused that financial hardship you're facing. And the bear is trying to chew your leg off. So fight back. I believe when we focus more on Jesus than our sicknesses, our anxieties, our fears, our temptations, and our sins, that our deliverance and our freedom will begin to flow. I'm going to repeat that because I need to hear it. I believe that when we focus more on Jesus than our sicknesses, our anxieties, our fears, our temptations, and our sins, that our deliverance and freedom will begin to flow. It's a matter of standing and acting in faith by God's grace versus being religious and trying to work for something we can never earn. So I'll bring this with, to a close, and I'm going to list out our homework assignments and ask you to pray about these things yourself. Number one, is our body a tent or a temple for the Holy Spirit? Number two, what authority do we have over our tent and our temple? Number three, do we choose to live underneath the enemy's deceptions which keep us afflicted in sickness, anxiety, depression, and suffering? Four, do we have faith and relationship with God that we need? Number five, do we receive 
and focus on the love, the light, and the life of the Lord and His authority. And finally, number six, do we use our authority against the enemy in our life? Do we fight back against that bear that's already eating us? So please join me in our closing prayer. I'll leave you with this closing prayer. Father God, we praise you and pray for our relationship with you. We seek a relationship so strong with you that you speak to us and we hear you and we understand your instructions for us. We stand in faith of the authority of Jesus in us. We choose to receive your love, your light, and your life. And we agree to focus on Jesus each day. In Jesus' name, amen.